That's a new with the funny music I hear in your ears. Listen to this blowing magic transistors. Hello, magic transistors, and welcome to another Beach Boys album review. Today, I'm going to review the Beach Boys album Holland released. Um, sorry, I didn't have the right page here. January 8th, 1973. And there's an interesting, some interesting stuff behind this album. Um, uh, Jack Riley, their, their um, manager at that time and lyricist, partial lyricist in some of these songs and vocalist, um, in the, uh, let me think, in Surf's Up, he sang um, A Day in the Life of a Tree, and he does have, um, not necessarily singing, but he is in this album um, as a, a narrator, so we will uh, get to that. But um, he also per- pushed the Beach Boys to be more creative and to update their image um, going back, you know, to 71, um, perhaps even late 70 um, because they just weren't uh, commercially viable at this time. They still had the old image of their surf days and they were, tr- you know, not to say that they hadn't, they had just been doing that because, you know, if you look at them and, uh, you know, Pet Sounds was ahead of their time and Smile would have been ahead of their time. Um, but it was just, you know, after that they struggled a bit. Um, Sunflower was a huge flop in the United States, which, you know, it was a good album. It was of the time, I guess you could say. Um, it wasn't anything that would change their image necessarily musically. Songs like Add, Add Some Music was a nice song, but wasn't necessarily something edgy and forward thinking and, and so, uh, really, that that was the attempt, and they started to make um, some progress in terms of like getting FM radio uh, recognition, getting on magazine covers uh, that actually would acknowledge that they were changing, that they had changed, and the promotion was these guys are grown up. They're not the same guys you remembered in the early sixties. And, um, and so Jack Riley had a lot to do with that. Um, their concerts started to be more hip, I guess you could say the way they would perform. Um, they didn't have matching outfits anymore. Um, and they would, you know, uh, you know, sing a lot more of the deep cuts and things. Um, and so, yeah, that, that kind of, that was all Jack Riley's idea. And I really liked that era. And there's some live stuff from that time that the official in concert album that came out around, uh, 73 is really good. And then in the Ceylon box set, um, which is from, this era, 72-73, has live in Carnegie Hall, and that's really good. I was impressed with that, and that had never, I don't think it had ever come out before. Um, And uh, so, as for this album, Jack Riley had the idea of 
having all the Beach Boys move from California to Holland uh, to change the scenery and spark creativity. Um, and so they shipped all of their their studio equipment and 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 uh, and all their their instruments and everything across uh, the world from California to Holland. And um, all the wives, the children, um, the families all moved and they they got apartments and houses and <laughs> and everything. I mean, it was an expensive ordeal, you know, uh, something very probably not best business decisions, but I think it's a really cool like uh, story. Um the story goes that Brian was dragged. He didn't really want to go. Uh, and, and finally, he may have missed a plane and then finally got on one um, and and made it there. Um, but he was not that into it, although there are, is moments uh, of Brian in this album. And... Uh, uh, the other thing is, once they got to Holland, they were trying to find a place to put all their equipment and make a studio, and they ended up in a barn, which is, you know, really kind of cool to think think about. Now, they had issues with the sound of cows and, and animals that they had to work around, and that uh, they also, the outlets, the electric um, stuff had to be... I, this is way above my head. I, just, I was just reading about this, but the outlets had to be just, uh, they didn't work. Like they didn't have the, the electric connections that were needed for a lot of the equipment. And sometimes, you know, it took them a while to get things actually working. And uh, so it was a lot of trouble, you know, a lot of trouble. But I do think it did spark something, creatively speaking at least, because as far as the era of Jack Riley and the Blondie, um, Ricky and Blondie era, this is their best album. And it looked like they were in a unified vision, like all the guys, um, even though Mike and Al were kind of known, are kind of known as like the traditional oldies, this is our formula sound, they were very progressive and creative just as as much in fact some of the best stuff on here is by them you know blondie and ricky brought more r&b soul upbeat classic rock sound to the beach boys and uh dennis was dennis was doing his own thing um he was doing these orchestral <laughs> ballads which is funny because in other albums the rest of the beach boys would be doing soft stuff and he would be doing upbeat stuff uh so he seemed to always be doing his own thing and out of sync but i think um it fits you know and he has no lead vocals on here um so that's kind of sad i don't know why that was but um but he does have song credits in here for sure. Um, and uh, let me think, anything else? Uh, when they finished recording, um, they didn't have any, uh, they brought it to Western or to uh, 
yeah, uh, Warner Reprise, and um, they didn't um, think there was any hit singles on here um, from what they had recorded in Holland. And then Van Dyke Parks, who had written lyrics for the Smile album before, uh, pulled out a demo or something like that of a song that he and Brian had written a couple of years before called Sail on Sailor, and that became the single uh, for the album. And um, and the lead and the you know opening track and everything. So that kind of made the record company happy and they put together something that I think is a very good album, very mature album. Um, and unfortunately the end of their progressive, you know, creativity, uh, not to say they were never creative before, but I think this was the end of their moving forward as a group before embracing, or at least, being labeled as an oldies band because a year later an a greatest hits album endless summer would come out and go platinum which was i think the best sold album they'd ever had <laughs> so while they were struggling commercially over the last six seven years um in what i think was their best music and they were creative and moving forward um unfortunately they would always be labeled as the surf car band fun in the sun kind of group and seemed like they always had trouble going outside that even with pet sounds which was at least in the united states was which was a bit of a flop when it first came out there was good vibrations which was a number one hit um but it just seemed like whenever they were on the verge of breaking through to something different, something would happen. You know, Smile was follow-up to Pet Sounds, and who knows how that would have gone if he had uh, finished it. And if they would have, just like the Beatles were able to change with Sgt. Pepper and move forward and stay commercially viable... Maybe the Beach Boys would have too, but they didn't. You know, Brian had a nervous breakdown. He never finished the album. And then I think here in the early 70s, they were starting to get respect from the, you know, the hippie generation and the uh, more creative types um, and get FM radio play and, and stuff around this time, get on, you know, magazine covers and they were getting noticed uh, only to be, you know, followed up by a greatest hits that went platinum. And I don't know, there's other things going on here. <clears throat> Blondie and Ricky quit the band. Um, you know, and I think that the, there was not, there is no longer a unified vision artistically now half the band wanted to, they think that the way to move forward is to embrace the past, while the other half of the band thought that the way to move forward was to continue to be creative. And so there was a strain within the group after this, uh, as far as how to move forward. So that is a bit of a, 
an intro to this album. The producer of this album is Carl Wilson and the Beach Boys. And, uh, yeah, so that's pretty much it. Um, Some of the group members are in their 30s now. Mike is 31. Brian and Al are 30. So, you know, a far cry from the teenage (laughs) years. When they started, I think all but Mike were teenagers. Maybe Brian was 20 by then. But, yeah, three of the members were definitely teenagers when they started. So now they're all, although Ricky and Blondie were 21. So uh, they brought a little bit of youth to the group as well. The album photo, the album cover is an upside-down photo with the reflection of a boat, uh, very a lot of brown in this picture. It's in Chromie Whale Canal in Amsterdam. So, since the album was recorded in Holland, the photo is in the same area, and the name of the album is Holland. So, just something, you know, very different. And I think it's interesting, though not the best. Um, I think it's it's kind of cool, and it fits the music in it, but uh, it's not a classic album cover. I give the album cover an 8 out of 10. Now on to the songs. Track number one is Sail on Sailor, written by Brian Wilson, Van Dyke Parks, Tandem Almer, Ray Kennedy, and Jack Riley. Now, and, and the lead singer is Blondie Chaplin. Now, I believe that Brian and Van Dyke originally wrote this a couple years earlier, and according to Van Dyke Parks, they wrote most of this. If not, he said he couldn't really tell what was added to it, so... The majority of it was by them, so I don't know what was added by the other guys. Um, But yeah, the two things I like most about this song is Blondie's vocal and the synth bass sound, um, which was commonly used by Brian Wilson around this time and the Beach Boys as well. it's a catchy song it's it's kind of swings it's nothing great but it's solid in my opinion um and it's got a nice hook and it fits really well with the early 70s and um you know it it was a pretty decent for the beach boys standards in the early 70s it did pretty well it was a i think it reached top 40 um maybe not the first time it came out but like a year later it reach like the top 40 um but there's nothing special about the song the the uh the lyrics are somewhat poetic um they're not my favorite um but yeah so overall this song gets a 7.2 Track number two is Steamboat, written by Dennis Wilson and Jack Riley, and sung by Carl Wilson. I really love this song. It's 
it's somewhat uh, it's kind of artsy in in the sense of uh, it reminds me of Pink Floyd honestly like I think this could have fit on the Dark Side of the Moon album and that's just my opinion if you think about it um, it's got some of these sound effects that sound like a steamboat you know and then this great electric guitar solo and stuff um, and kind of the way that they do like the steam sound on rhythm and everything um, and you do get you hear Dennis singing the bass here and, and the backing tr- vocal um, <clears throat> I'm not sure why he didn't have any lead vocals on this album but I really like this song uh, I give it a 10 in art poetry and production and overall this song gets an 8.4 track number three is California Saga Big Sur written by Mike Love this is the beginning of a trilogy of songs Uh, they're all called California Saga but this one is specifically called Big Sur Mike Love is the lead singer as well now the original version of this song was in 4-4 time and it's not nearly as good in my opinion it's it's there's something about the 3-4 time that's really cool Plus, the production of this one is better. It's got this folky kind of, you know, harmonicas and slide guitars and things like that. And um, I, this is one of my favorite Mike Love songs. Uh, I gave it a 10 poetically and in production, uh, a 9 artistically. Um, one of the rare Mike Love songs that is better artistically and poetically than it is catchy-wise and hook-wise. Hook <laughs> So it shows that Mike does have a creative side when he wants to use it. And um, yeah, I really love this song. It gets an 8.4. Track number four is the second part of California Saga called Beaks of Eagles. Written by Robinson Jeffers, Al Jardine, and Linda Jardine. And I guess Robert's, Robinson Jeffers wrote a poem, and Al Jardine added to it. Linda was his wife, and uh, Mike and Al both have lead vocals and spoken poetry on this one. This is a very art piece. I love the background, eerie kind of sound in the back or uh, in music I, in the background and then the music itself when they start singing is kind of more folky which makes sense because Al loves folk music um, I did give only a 7 on poetry because it's unoriginal although it's very possible that Al or Linda wrote more additional lyrics to this I'm I don't know I don't know what they did maybe the singing part is what he the lyrics he wrote I don't know um but yes this is a nice piece I think by itself it 
Is it that good? I mean, it's kind of hard. I only listen to this in context of the trilogy of songs. <laughs> I don't listen to this by itself. Um, but the strongest part of this is the art with a 10. And overall, this song gets a 7.4. Track number five is California. I'm on my way to sunny California. Uh, the last part of the California saga written by Al Jardine, sung by Mike Love, although Brian Wilson sings the, the very beginning of this. And this is a very catchy song. It kind of reminds, you know, the bass line is the same as California Girls, uh, but with that synth kind of bass. And it doesn't sound dated. I mean, even though it's kind of a uh, very familiar, um, it doesn't sound like an oldie. It sounds fresh, and I, I really do like this. It's not artistic in much, but it is just very catchy. It's got great hook. Um, their harmonies are fantastic. You know, most of the songs in these last two albums so tough and holland don't have the the kind of vocals that people are used to with the beach boys but this song does and so that makes it powerful i think and i also think this california uh, saga trilogy is very um it, it's a centerpiece to this album when i think of holland one of the first things i think about is this trilogy of songs and this is the most popular other than sail on sailor the most popular song the one that is done live still to this day especially with the brian wilson band and al jardine who wrote it of course um likes to do this song so yeah, this is a song that throughout the years the Beach Boys have done live um, quite a bit. So, overall, this song gets an 8.4. Track number six is Traitor, written by Carl Wilson and Jack Riley, and sung by Carl Wilson. I believe the the kid that says hi at the beginning is Justin Wilson. It's one of Carl's sons. I believe it's Justin. It could be, there was another, uh, I forget the other name. Um, but yeah. Um, I believe this is also the beginning of Side B on the Holland album. Um, this is not one of my favorite Carl songs. Um, after the two songs on, that he did on Surf's Up, which was... Long Promise Road and Feel Flows, which I think are his two best songs on one album. This one doesn't really stick out to me much. It's a nice song, but not a great song. Once again, you got that bass synth. Um, you know, um, the poetry is the, the best part of this song, the lyrics. Um, but... And then the second half of the song, get, you know, gets a little bit more uh, beautiful, I guess you could say. Um, 
But yeah, I don't know what it is. It just doesn't pull me in. A lot of people love this song by Carl, but personally, I'm not. It's a solid song, but nothing great. And overall, I give this one a 7.0. Track number seven is Leaving This Town, written by Blondie Chaplin, Rickley, Ricky Fatar, and Carl Wilson, um, sung by Blondie Chaplin, and maybe Ricky Fatar has a partial lead. I'm, I don't th- know, but I believe it's mostly Blondie Chaplin. Um, I love this song. Um, it is. Uh, it is kind of... Oh, it's just okay for the most part, but then it has this bridge that's amazing. And I put this there with Steamboat in the sense that it could have fit on Dark Side of the Moon, in my opinion. Um, But the bridge has a Moog synthesizer um, section where it's just kind of jamming, which I believe Ricky Fatar plays. So um, that's my favorite part of the song. And in the uh, In Concert album, they do this song live. (laughs) And I kind of wonder what the audience was thinking when they heard this. Um, The Moog synthesizer was not, was a fairly new uh, thing at the time. Um, I don't even know if it was Moog, but anyway, it was some kind of synthesizer. Um, And uh, yeah, so... Fantastic, fantastic. I give it a 10 in art and production, a 9 in poetry. And overall, this song gets an 8.4. Love so many things that I feel. Track number 8 is Only With You, written by Dennis Wilson and Mike Love, sung by Carl Wilson. This is a nice song. Um, it's just a typical good Dennis Wilson song. It's nothing special. Um, I don't know what it is. I just, it, um, it's my least favorite song on the album. Um, and I'm a huge Dennis Wilson fan, but there's just something that it's just a song. I don't know. Um, it's pretty, um, maybe with better production, And also, if Dennis had sung it, that would have been nice. There is a version on the Pacific Ocean Blues release uh, bonus tracks where Dennis is singing lead on Only With You, which uh, would have been nice. I I would have liked him to have a lead vocal on this album. For whatever reason, he didn't. Um, I'm not sure... I think I heard a story that when they were in Holland, Dennis was often surfing uh, and not really that active in the studio for some reason. Maybe he just wasn't feeling it at this time. I don't know. He's still, you know, Steamboat is a great song. His vocal is on there. Um, And Ricky Fatar was playing drums, so Dennis might have been, he might have played some piano in here and things like that so um i don't know he just probably wasn't into studio stuff at this time um he just didn't seem to be as inspired but that's okay we all have 
uh, I guess any musician has their periods of inspiration. But um, again, I'm not saying this is a bad song. It's a very solid song, but nothing special. Overall, I give this one a 7.4. Track number nine is Funky Pretty by Brian Wilson, Mike Love, and Jack Riley. I, uh, the lead vocals include Carl Wilson, Mike Love, Al Jardine, Blondie, Ricky. <laughs> I don't think Brian sings it all. I don't think Dennis sings it all. But uh, yeah, I really love this song. It's very catchy. It's heavy on the synthesizers. <laughs> and in my opinion, this is a precursor to the Beach Boys Love You album four years later albeit with better lyrics <laughs> and um, yeah it's just very strange it's it's unlike um, it's just very synth heavy you know there is synthesizer on the uh, the album but this is like featured you know and I give it a 10 catchiness wise a 9 poetry wise 10 production wise um, but and I've, I heard them sing this live and it works really well, you know. Um, I'm not sure what it is. It's just, it's, it's kind of quirky, you know. Maybe a precursor to new wave music a little bit, but with, um, yeah. And overall, this song gets a 9.0. So the end of this thing is technically not part of the Holland album, but in my world it is because <laughs> I bought it. I heard this first on CD and it's just goes right into it from funky pretty to this, but it's Mount Vernon and fairway, which was originally an EP that was added, um, next, you know, packaged with the album. And it's just this long 10, in a half minute fairy tale with a lot of synthesizers and sections and things. And Brian Wilson, um, has, is the voice of the Pied Piper that appears. Jack Riley narrates it. And, uh, the writers are attributed to Brian Wilson, Carl Wilson, Jack Riley. I think Brian Wilson wrote down a story and then Carl, um, came up with, um, certain things Jack Riley may have added some lyrics as well um, I love this it's you have to kind of be in the mood for it on the record itself it says listen to it in the dark <laughs> turn the lights out and listen to it um, very strange not very catchy but I gave it a 10 artistically and poetically um, just just a, a listening experience, you know, it's, it's, um, to me, something that is just weird, but very Brian Wilson, uh, again, like funky, pretty, it's synth heavy on some of these sections. And, uh, I, I, lo I think it's fantastic. And overall I give this a 7.2. It began to sound 
The album flow is a 10 out of 10. I uh, I think it just works very well. The the guys were very unified in their uh, vision, I guess you could say. Um, Blondie and Ricky, I think in Carl and the Passions, they stuck out a little bit, but in this one, they fit right in. It's like the six guys were together, and I think everybody moving to Holland and living together, like living in the same town was beneficial because they had no distractions of California and they just all got together and came up with something and it worked. And, um, you know, Blondie Chaplin himself said this was much better than Carl and the Passions and he feels like they were going in a direction that they never really finished exploring. And I think that's very true. I would have liked to have seen them continue in this direction. Um, sort of the classic rock, yet artsy, and some of the harmonies and synthesizers being added to it and everything. I just, uh, it's unknown where they might have gone after this. Um, I think that one possible follow-up to this would have been Pacific Ocean Blue, although that's all Dennis Wilson, but Artistically, it is a logical direction. Another logical direction is the Love You album with all the synthesizers. Um, but probably some kind of a mixture of those two, like, um, would have been what I imagine perhaps would have been a logical follow-up. But we'll never know. So this is kind of how it all ended. Well, I mean, when I say ended, I mean they're their progress before the oldies went and uh, came along and um, redefined every, you know, their future. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So anyway, overall, this album gets an 8.07. So now we get to the alternate album and you remember in the last one when I did Carl and the Passions, the alternate album was a cleanup of the Feel Flows box set and had nothing to do with Carl and the Passions So Tough. And this one is going to be a double album, which is a mixture of Carl and the Passions and Holland, as well as some other tracks that were in the uh, Sail on Sailor box set. There's only two songs, one from... Uh, Carl and the Passions and one from Holland that I'm not using. That is Make It Good by Dennis Wilson and uh, Only With You by Dennis Wilson. <laughs> but I do add one Dennis Wilson song that's not on either album that's in the Sail on Sailor box set. Um, also in here is... And that is, the song is Carry Me Home. That's the Dennis Wilson song. Um, also that I'm including on this is, um, I'm scrolling through this because I don't remember the titles. Um, it's after the live stuff. Disc, I'm on disc five now. Um, I. Uh, what are the names of these? Rooftop Harry, Body Talk. Um spark in the dark those are all instrumentals that are in here the other one is uh, a poetry thing 
by um, Al Jardine, which is just a demo, but I love it. I love it. I love it. It's kind of the precursor to All This Is That, and it's called uh, Something Spoken. Let me see. The Road Not Taken. (laughs) I was way off. The Road Not Taken, which I include in here, as well as a section of the uh, longer version of Carry Me Home that I use as kind of a reprise. So what I'll do is we'll go through one side at a time, and each time I'll maybe say a little something between them. This first side is only tracks from Holland and So Tough. There's nothing uh, special about it. So here we go is side A of my alternate Holland album.
Alright, so that's side A, and I hope you enjoyed that. Uh, in side B, once again, all but one track is from either Holland or Carl and the Passions. Then there's the bonus track, Carry Me Home, and that is also on here. So, here we go. Enjoy side B. Yeah. 
side b hope you enjoyed that going on to the second record in this fictitious world (laughs) and uh side c and i'll just say this this is the most beach boy sounding side when i say that i mean like the sound that most people are familiar with it's 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 very fresh and new but there's also elements of it that is like when i say beach boys i mean more like the sunflower surfs up era um, not so much the surfing and car songs, although there is one song that does resemble that. Um, but yeah, so there's that. Um, also, it this is the side that has a road not taken and the reprise of Carry Me Home, just a snippet of the instrumental section of the longer version of it. Um, 
and I think that's it. Yeah, everything else is on uh, the albums. So, hope you enjoy this section of Side C of my alternate Holland album. again on the same tree in the splinters of the thunderbolt. A broken shadow. 
man takes his time about dying And just at the back Wildflower bed that you lie In dawn's new light A man might venture A horse-drawn stage from Monterey older than I. She was here when the fires of 85 raged on these ridges. She was lately fledged and dared not hunt ahead of them, but ate scorched meat. The world has changed in her time. Humanity has multiplied, but not here. Men's hopes and thoughts and customs have changed. Their powers are enlarged. Their powers and their follies have become fantastic. Hill. A wagon load of bodies they scattered Shipwrecked at sea Limestone ore is all that mattered They took it from the hills Right in through the cargo doors And how many ships have come and gone At Thurso's landing shore The unstable animal never has been changed so rapidly. The motor and the plane and the great war have gone over him. And Lena has lived and Jehovah died while the mother eagle hunts the same hills, crying the same beautiful and lonely cry. And is never tired, dreams the same dreams, and hears at night the rock slides rattle and thunder in the throats of these living mountains. It is good for man to try all changes, progress and corruption, powers, peace and anguish. Not to go down the dinosaur's way until all his capacities have been explored. And it is good for him to know that his needs in nature are no more changed, in fact, in 10,000 years than the beaks of eagles. The eagles ply, we know that nature's balance is undone. Right of man to unify and live his life as one. A whisper of the word will let you soar with your soul.
supporting waves of bliss Mother divine's precious gifts Brings with love the light of wisdom
Robert Frost, The Road Not Taken. Two roads diverged in a yellow wood. And sorry I could not travel both. And be one traveler long as I stood. And look down one as far as I could. To where it bent in the undergrowth. And took the other as just as fair. Having perhaps the better claim Cause it was grassy and wanted wear Though as for that, the passing there Had worn them really about the same Two rows diverged in a wood and I I took the one less traveled by And that's made all the difference to me. And both that morning equally lay, and leaves no step had trodden black. Oh, I kept the first for another day, yet knowing how way leads on to way, I doubted if I should ever come back Two rows diverged in a wood and I I took the one less traveled by And that's made all the difference to me Hello I don't know, it's 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 like just take it for a poem, okay? Don't expect any it's a Robert Frost poem. And it's really hard to do. Yeah, I Alright. I enjoyed I enjoyed that little uh talk there at the end with Al Jardine and Carl Wilson. Uh Al Jardine's telling Carl about this little thing and Carl's like, I can dig it <laughs> and Al's kind of hard on himself, but yeah. I like that little interaction there. Side four. Okay, the centerpiece of this is Mount Vernon and Fairway. But I also include Funky Pretty because it's got a lot of synthesizer. So I'll call this kind of, not that every track has synthesizer on it, but there are three instrumentals on this as well, which is Body Talk, um, Spark in the Dark, and Something Grease. I don't remember it now. I don't have it in front of me. But yeah, this was fun to put together. Um, I'll also add that on side C, the one we just listened to, A, B, and D all turned out to be 22 minutes long. And side C was a little short. And so I threw in that Carry Me Home reprise to kind of make it close to 22 minutes as well. So all four sides will be about 22 minutes. All right. This is the longest <laughs> episode I've done, but hopefully you enjoy it anyway. Anyway, uh, so here we go with side D. A
There was a mansion on a hill, but deep in a secret kingdom where a young prince lived. He had four sisters and four brothers. The prince had a special bedroom on the ground floor with a window that looked down into a deep, deep forest. He could see distant lights from other castles in the kingdom from his window. During the day, he went to school. When it became night, he stayed by himself, usually in his secret, hidden bedroom. One night, while nearly everyone was asleep, he took out of the attic a radio, and he decided to listen to it. As soon as he turned it on, the wind outside of his room stirred up for a few seconds. He thought to himself, I'll climb out that window and go sit out there with my radio. Out the window he went, sitting against a small stump behind some flower beds. The light from his bedroom window he could still see. The music of Bach was playing. After a while, it began to sound distant as the young prince gazed at this radio on his knee. The music was floating away from his hearing. What could be happening? He took it off of his knee and put the radio to his ear. Nothing happened. Then the transistor left his hands and was floating in the midair two feet off the ground. As the prince laughed, it suddenly turned around and it was light green phosphorus in color. Dancing back and forth, the magic transistor started moving down his path. He could hear the sound coming out like nothing he had ever heard before. The trees were getting closer together and flowers glowed with tinges of magic light as he followed, thinking to himself, what's going on? The transistor lifted slowly up to the top of a little tree and sat there while it slowly became louder to where the prince could hear it clearly. Fireflies shot across the path in front of the prince. He turned around and couldn't see the light from his window. There he was, watching, all alone, all by himself. He got a hunch to get back to his room, and he turned and ran right back. Thirty seconds after he was in bed, he fell back to sleep. The next morning, he had forgotten all about what had happened the night before. But when nighttime came once again, his thoughts somehow found their way back to remembering the fascinating episode of the night before. 
turned out his bedroom light and sat in his favorite chair. Thoughts danced through his head for a while. Suppose I went to check and see if my transistor is still down there, he said. I wonder what would happen. He sat up in his opened window, looking quietly down at the path. A firefly flew in his room and flew right out again. Down jumped the prince, and he went again to find his radio. As he made his way, he could hear something once again. There was that transistor up on the same tree. Then, from inside of it came a strange voice. Hello, I'm the Pied Piper from the faraway land of night. Nobody knows anything about my existence. I only want to have no kids. Late at night, where people are sleeping, I go into their own radios and turn them into magic transistors and fly outside with them. Oh, I come from such a faraway land of night that I'm fascinated with the funny music I hear on your radios. You are the first to know me. You can't see me. I'm hidden. But you can see the green glow I make. I heard you laugh last night. I figured that you would be amused by me. Listen to this. Then the prince heard something he never knew could be. The hidden Pied Piper was laughing as the prince moved his head back and forth to the music going at him. When the music died down, Piper said that every night, after midnight, if you leave on your transistor radio, I'll promise to bring more magic music to you. No one, he said, will ever believe you, so why tell of me to anyone? You are my only friend of night, said the Pied Piper, and I'll talk to you again some night. Then the radio was glowing no more. As it fell into the hands of the fascinated prince, he ran back amazed and he hopped right back into bed. That night, he dreamt all night, mostly about his radio and his friend, the Pied Piper. The prince did try what the Piper said to do, but for weeks at night, he heard nothing like the music of that magic night. That Pied Piper must have been joking, he said. There's nothing but Bach on this radio. I'm going to throw it back up in the attic for good. This, he said, disbelieving the young prince so loud that two of his brothers overheard him. The next day, those two brothers took the radio from the attic and turned it on. There it was. The music had to have been from the Pied Piper himself. 
Prince's sisters ran in their brother's room, and they were all dancing and screaming with joy. But that transistor was playing too loud, and their mother heard it. What are you doing there? What is that you're listening to? Give me that radio at once, she said. A few days later, the king and queen of the castle were invited to a ball. As they were leaving that evening, the queen said to the young prince, who was the eldest of the children, "Take care of the other ones tonight, and don't try to find that radio. We have it hidden away. We'll be home by midnight. Remember what we said." And then she said goodbye. Children's mother left. The party had begun, and the children looked everywhere, high and low, checking to see if they could find that transistor radio. They couldn't find it. They couldn't find it. They looked upstairs and downstairs, all through the castle, and finally, all of a sudden, they heard a sound. What is that sound? Is it possible? Could it be the Pied Piper himself coming out of the magic transistor radio? Or was it just the wind whistling by the castle window? No one knows if the mysterious Pied Piper of Night was the one who came back to visit the princes and princesses again. But if you have a transistor radio and the lights are all out some night, don't be very surprised if it turns to light green and the whirling magic sound of the Pied Piper comes to visit you.